Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to the Morning Toast. It is a ambiguous Tuesday here in New York City. What's good, Claude? Hey, Jax. I'm good. I literally woke up four seconds ago. Usually I give myself 30 minutes before the toast, but um, I just couldn't do it. I was having crazy dreams all night because I finished Outer Banks and it's kind of like a crazy show and I was having dreams like I was there, you know? We just we just had to restart this podcast because Claudia like accidentally spoiled all of Outer Banks and we were like, we should start again. Um, yeah. I'm so glad you finished it. And I'm so glad that you're like in the Outer Banks world. I feel like that's the best place to be right now. Yeah, no, I have so many thoughts. And really funny is that Ben joined me for like the last four episodes and he was really into it. And I'm he's sure. like, he was like, these kids are going to be stars, stars. I'm like, okay. And he went to find them on Instagram. And um, John B follows me and Ben on Instagram. And Ben like DM'd him and was like, great show. Like, it's so good. And he responded like instantly. And then John B DM'd me too. Stop. He responded to one of my stories about how nobody respects Pope's um, scholarship. <laughs> That's so true and so real. So real. Um, we are going to do a whole Outer Banks recap, but we're, we want to wait until more people watch it. So I don't know, but maybe we should do it today because like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday starts to get all booked up, you know, because we have Dear Toasters and Real Housewives and Kardashians. Let's just do it today and then people can listen when they're ready. That is such a good point. Like the beginning of the week is always light and then I feel so rushed on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday shows. Yeah, I totally agree. We even had wanted to do that like steamy lexicon episode, but I guess that will have to wait till next Tuesday. We're just so busy. Or Monday. Or Monday. Yes, or Monday. Um, I anyways, do. I'm so glad that you watched it. I am looking forward to recapping it. I started this new book last night that um, became highly recommended to me by like people that I know, not just toasters. So it's really like heavy. So that's where I'm at. I'm in like in the 90s in Idaho, um, like living on a Mormon farm. <laughs> Shook. It sounds like Handwives Tale. Wives Hand Tale? What's it called? Hand Handmaid's Tale? I never yeah. watched that, so I don't know. I don't know. No, me neither, but I think it's about like Amish people. No, it's like uh it's like a utopian world. Oh, I never watched it. It looks like it has like it just delivers pits every episode. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Um, I have two really quick things to say, if I may. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is a question for you. Are you feeling triggered at all by my headband? I am. Like when you came on, I obviously didn't want to bring you down because clearly you like put time and thought into your headband, but it's triggering. Okay. Because the only reason I'm wearing a headband is I'm filming a day in the life vlog. Jackie did one last week and I'm copying her because I actually have a few things to do today that I think might be good vlog content. And 
I don't know. I just was like sitting on the vlog waiting for you to send me the Zoom link looking like a beast and I needed like something to film. And I actually like the headband and I just knew that it would trigger you. So I just wanted to apologize in advance. Oh, thank you. That's so considerate. I wasn't going to say anything because you know how I feel. And sometimes I even wear that style of headband. I'm just a hypocrite, but I'm just like a self-loathing headband wearer. Um, and it's not all headbands. I just want to make that clear. It's like this certain style of like knotted at the top, like baby headband. I'm just going to say, I feel like you don't really hate the headband. You hate someone we know who wears it a lot. That's what I'll say. No, it's like, it's a whole slew of things that I dislike about it. The second thing I want to say really quickly is an apology to anyone watching on YouTube. Um, I am doing my laundry today, so I didn't make my bed. I thought it would be dumb to, like, make my bed and then strip the sheets, and I was just not in the mood. So Jackie's bed, like, looks all hotel, and I look like, um, like a crack den, but I just wanted to put it out there that there's a reason. Oh, interesting. I guess that will be me tomorrow because I'm going to strip after I wake up tomorrow. I, didn't I even love think about stripping. How that could affect the pod. I didn't even think about how that could affect the pod. These are the things you have to think about when you have a home studio. Interesting. Okay. I guess I could angle my camera a little different, but like my bed is cute. So. Sorry. I also have one more thing to say. <laughs> I discovered something on TikTok that I think is important. Please share. Chris Cuomo's daughter. I want to say her name is Bella. She's so pretty. And they're like all holed up in their house. And Chris keeps like getting in um, the TikToks. And she's talking a lot about how both of her parents have coronavirus. And it's a premium follow. Premium. Wow. That's actually a great segue into our first story. So I feel as though maybe without further ado, we should just jump right in. Sure. The fast five stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. Okay. Um, a little family Cuomo drums, not drama. It's cute, actually. Christina Cuomo says that uh, she has a wait list of women for her brother-in-law, Governor Andrew Cuomo. If you found yourself crushing on New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, get in line. According to his sister-in-law, Christina Cuomo, she's got a whole wait list of women who have reached out to her about setting up a date with the governor when the pandemic ends. She said, I'm really proud of Andrew. I have a lot of incoming calls and texts from friends, so I've put together a wait list of women who want to go out with him, which is so cute. That is so funny. Um, so, like, I'm glad eligible women are reaching out. I'm just it's, sad that it's not us. I don't know. A few weeks ago, I would have put myself on the list, but today I wouldn't. I'm Why? Done. I'm just done. Yeah, but, like, wouldn't you rather be quarantined in Governor Cuomo's Alabama – I mean, Albany Palace? <laughs> no. Like, I'm just, no. I don't even care. I don't even care where I am. Like, it's still the same thing is happening. Um, I wonder who these women are, like, being so thirsty. Like, honestly, I admire the chutzpah. Like, it takes balls to, like, ask the governor's sister-in-law that, like, you're loosely acquainted with, like, if you could set her up, if she could set you up with the governor. The governor! Yeah. I feel like it's, like, the Real Housewives of New York, you know? I feel like it's, like, Ramona, Sonia, Dorinda. That's the crew. You know, and also that's who I could see himself. That's who I could see him with. Yeah, I think it would be great for like the state if he somehow, you know, ended up with a real housewife of New York. I think it would be great for like interstate communication. I feel like honestly it might be Sonia because he liked Sandra Lee two shots of vodka, you know, and I feel like Sonia has that energy. You know, I, I think Ramona, like I just, I think it's just, he wouldn't, get her. I don't think they would vibe. I think Dorinda, I think they're too similar. I, don't, I think he likes a fun girl. And I think Dorinda's like a little too heavy in some ways, not emotionally. What about Luann? 
No, I, I see what you're saying. Like, if Andrew Cuomo was hypothetically to fall in love with one of the Real Housewives, which, keep in mind, would absolutely never happen, um, it would definitely be Sonia. Like, she has the pedigree that he needs as mayor, but she's the fun-loving girl that everyone knows and loves, and she is a small-time celebrity, and I think he's looking for someone, like, famous, but not more famous than him. I don't think he would mind. I think he would definitely be like a supportive husband if if his wife were super famous. I think for a long time, Sandra Lee was more famous than him. Like he literally like is just popping off right now until then he was just like the governor and everyone was like always blaming him for the MTA. So true. Like he went from being like the most thankless job. Like <laughs> nobody wants to be mayor of New York because there's always problems in New York and there's no way to really define whose fault yeah, it is. mayor, to- governor. Oh, sorry, governor. And there's no way, like, with all the MTA problems, and there's just, like, a lot of issues that a lot of New Yorkers face, and there's no way to really pinpoint whose fault it actually is. There's just, like, a structural, organizational, systemic problem with the government in New York. Like, it's no one particular person's fault. But, of course, you blame the person at the top. And that's when Andrew Governor, governor Andrew Cuomo, for the last, like, 10 years, and now he's finally getting his comeuppance, and he deserves it. Just, like, he was always this, like, faceless guy where it's, like, Governor Cuomo. Who's our Governor Cuomo? <laughs> and now okay. we're putting a face – we're putting a face to the name. And Did it's, like – and it's get- not bad looking. No, not at all. Did you used to get confused between Governor Cuomo and Senator Schumer? Because they're both, like, celebrities. No, I didn't. But they're just, like, our New York politician guys. I used to get them confused because, like, Senator Schumer is related to Amy Schumer – and he's always being blamed for stuff. And Governor Cuomo is like celebrity. And he's also always being blamed. They're like, oh, no, Schumer. They're, oh, s- they're so different. Like Governor Cuomo was not a celebrity. And then it turns out he's also a Kennedy. Like shit's crazy, you know? Yes. I thought you were just going to say shit's creek. That's how crazy like that show has become ingrained in my mind. I know. I'm so excited to catch up on the last season. I've been like saving it. I might even, I might watch it in 10 years even. I'm just like saving it. Yeah, I watched the second to last season, like, on my own time, and it was really lovely to, like, always have it there for me. I'm definitely going to wait until it's on Netflix, because I don't even know where I could watch it right now. Yeah, I have the Pop TV app. Like, I could I could binge it right now. I tried one season watching it week to week, and it just didn't have the same specialness as watching it all together, like most things don't. I've never watched Schitt's Creek week to week, and there are certain shows that I'm obsessed with that I could never imagine having waited week to week. Friends, 30-minute episodes with commercials, 22 minutes. Outer Banks. Yeah. Outer Banks. The OBX. Next up, Madison Pruitt gathers Bachelor contestants for a TikTok video and throws shade at Kelly Flanagan. Did you see this? I saw the video and I saw the comment. I, I, I'm trying to separate the two. So Maddie p- gathered some of her friends from her season. They did that makeup challenge, passing the brush to one another video that's been going viral. It's really cute. She was joined by Tammy, Deandra, Kiara, Kelsey, Mykenna. Um, and they made one of these videos and she captioned it, Batch Girls Get Ready Quarantine Style. Hashtag TikTok covers, hashtag slay, hashtag girl power, hashtag bachelor. To the tune of, I could take a man if I want to, but lucky for you, I don't want to. Someone commented, where's Kelly? Obviously a shit-starting comment because, like, where's Natasha? Where's Hannah Ann? Where's plenty of people? And she said, Madison commented back with our ex. Um, 
so you know I was actually a really big champion of Kelly. I mean of of Maddie. I really liked her. I thought she you handled were? herself with with a lot would of I grace. Call, would I call you a really big champion of hers? <laughs> that that's an exaggeration. But I was on her actually no, it was I no, I I was going back and forth, but I just remember liking Maddie in the beginning and thinking she was like a nice girl with like pure intentions. And then she came up on my for you page and everything changed. Yeah, I, I didn't like totally, I like this challenge, this style of video. I happened to see it right after I saw the other one of the Bachelor Girls, the ones from Ari season plus Amanda Stanton. And I just like love those girls. And that's just the video for me. Yeah, Maddie's TikTok is just so um, thirsty. And there are a lot of girls on TikTok from this most recent season. And it just, it says so much about them and you can immediately know what their intentions were from going on The Bachelor. Like Hannah Ann is on it. And like, to be honest, she can't dance and she's just like hanging with her friends and she's really cute and she's putting out terrible content, but she's just having fun. And that makes me feel like she had pure intentions. But like my Kenna has been on TikTok since the day she went on The Bachelor, like churning out dances, churning out followers. Like that's, we've always said like she went on there for one reason and the TikTok is just proof of that. Maddie is giving me the my Kenna vibe. Like she's been coming up on my For You page ever since the season started airing, just like basketball, glam, bachelor. Like it's just, it's too much. Yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not digging it so much. Like, she's just not the girl that I thought she was. I, and I still think like she's cool, she's influency. But I thought, I thought it was more accidental, and it just seems a little more intentional. That's the perfect word. Like when you're watching The Bachelor, it's always fun to root for a girl who like really is just there. Like her friend signed her up, and she accidentally fell into you know being America's sweetheart. It's very rare, but it does happen, and that's what I thought Maddie was for sure. And she's genuinely nothing of the sort. No, she's genuinely nothing of the sort. It's interesting to see her friends from the show. I guess like who's really missing of our faves? Kelsey was in the video. Yeah, I guess Ke- just Kelly, Natasha, and Hannah Ann would be the most prominent ones missing. Yeah. It's like all of the final four. Yeah. I mean, it's always so weird when you watch the show and then you find out afterwards, like who was friends, like what the clicks were, because that doesn't really come through on the show. They're like not interested in like the girls only drama, but I think it's fascinating. And it says a lot of uh, like a lot about the person that you either like or don't like, like who they were friends with. Yeah, definitely. Also, Maddie was on um, Caitlin Bristow's podcast, and I saw in the toasters right before we started recording that there was, like, some tea that was spilled, um, including Maddie saying that, like, Peter has been texting her, and then, like, when her and Peter were trying to make it work, like, she knew that he was talking to Kelly, so it's just, like, all really messy. So messy, and to be honest, like, at the end of the day, all these girls, they got what they wanted out of Bachelor nation that's just fame because there was no way any of them were ever going to end up with peter like he's so emotionally immature the more i see of him like on tiktok and after bachelor just like he is the definition he is a walking nots nothing of the sort like he's just the worst so like i hate even saying bad things about the girls who went on a season because they were robbed of a potential chance at love because no like he's just so messy no, I'm like, I, I just go, like, I feel like I go all the way to one end and then I'm like, eh, he's not that bad. Like what he's just hanging with Kelly now being low key. Like that's just what, that's what he wanted was a relationship. I don't know whose fault it was that everything went south. I need to talk to the snatcher about it. Like now that we have some perspective and like everyone's in quarantine. So it's like everyone's influencer dreams can't really even come true right now. I don't know where the chips fell. I, I think some good advice would be, you know, something one of my favorite, um, inspirational icons once said Amanda Bynes sometimes you just need to let the chips fall where they may 
And that's what we'll do. Advice. Okay. Are you ready for our next story? Because it is a little biz news. It's actually really crazy. Um, Richard Branson, his entire company is built on like tourism, travel, et cetera, is really suffering. And he is turning to his Caribbean island to help boost his virgin empire. So here's the tea. It's really sad. Like his business is suffering. But Richard Branson's Virgin Group, which operates airlines, hotels, and cruises, and is therefore especially exposed to the collapse of travel during the pandemic, is now fighting for its life. The billionaire founder told employees he would offer his personal private Caribbean island as collateral in an attempt to raise money to keep the business the businesses afloat. Branson has asked the UK government for a loan, but the Brits have been reluctant, noting that Branson hasn't paid taxes in the UK since he moved to his island in 2006. Overnight, the Virgin Australia airline entered voluntary bankruptcy and administration, but Branson says it's not the end. So he's trying to figure out a way, but I think if he, you know, didn't have this island, he would be paying taxes to the proper country, but now no country like is feeling inclined to bail him out because he doesn't pay taxes. Wait, that's like a low key fact. I never knew that Richard Branson doesn't pay taxes. Like that's very interesting. Well, he pays taxes to his islander. That he yeah. owns, so he pays the that taxes he owns. too. I'm not sure. I've actually always wondered that. Like, if you live on an island, you have to pay taxes. This is so interesting and actually really, really sad because, I mean, I'm not even, like, a virgin customer, but, like, he's really, um, like, well-respected and well-regarded as, like, this icon and this beacon of, like, business and travel. And, like, TPG looks up to him so much. And, like, I just can't believe, like, this is what's going to take out, like, one of the most powerful businessmen in the world. Well, he's not going to let it. And now he's like telling his employees that he's putting up his island as collateral so that he could probably get a loan to keep the businesses afloat. But I just thought that tax piece was really interesting. Yeah. But I feel like of all the industries that are going to come back when these things slow down, like travel will be the last. Yeah. Yeah. Because like we will be able to travel at last. And also I think people are going to be really hesitant, which just makes me so sad, like for the whole industry and, and just like to think about how long that's going to take until we get to that place. Right. Cause like obviously Richard Branson relies on like tourism, but like so many hotels on, on small islands, like their entire economy is based on travel and tourism. So that's actually what's sad here. Like not the billionaire. No, no, but it's, a, it's the whole industry. And I, yeah. I think he'll figure it out. He has this sweet island um speaking of islands i watched like a really crazy um i don't want to like conspiracy theory video yesterday that's been going around uh because a lot of people have sent it to me and asked me my thoughts and i hadn't heard of it it was called out of shadows and um it was very much like empty you know like hollywood is a big child pedophilia ring and there was just there's a few new things that i hadn't heard of um but everyone's been watching this video and if you look at the comments on like lady gaga's instagram it's like all about like blowing up her spot because they mentioned her in this video as like being satanic. Um, but watch the video for yourself because I don't want to like speak on it out of turn. I didn't see it, but I did see like the official church of Satanism responded to like an official claim that Lady Gaga worships Satan. And they were like, if you knew anything about Satanism and you watch that video, like you would know that none of that includes worshiping Satan. Like they just totally debunked the rumor officially. So I heard that before I had ever heard of this video. I'm like, what is Lady Gaga got messed up with the Church of Satan? I was like, it just seemed like nonsense. But if you care about this stuff at all, I would just say watch the video. I think it's interesting. Some of it was kind of boring to me, um, but some of it's interesting. So that's what and they keep getting taken right down on YouTube, right? 
it keeps getting taken down on YouTube. Like every, it, but it has like millions of views every time it goes up. Like so many different people are posting it. It's like they really don't want you to see it. Do you think our video today is going to get taken down for talking about it? That would be crazy. That would be crazy. That will know soon. But now that we mentioned it, I feel like they can't, you know? Yeah, right. It's like you have to say it. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. Oh, speaking of, that's a great segue into our next story. Ryan Murphy's Hollywood trailer exposes the sleazy history of the movie industry. So the trailer for Ryan Murphy's new show on Netflix just came out. It's called Hollywood. It's about a prostitution ring run out of a gas station, naked pool parties held by prominent directors, shocking racism in the casting of major motion pictures. If any of these scenarios tickle your fancy, dive headfirst into the trailer released Monday for Ryan Murphy's Hollywood, a dark look at young actors and aspiring filmmakers trying to make it in the trying to make it big in the post-World War II era. era. The seven-part Netflix series, which de- debuts May 1st, takes us back to the battle days when gay actors had to live in the closet. Casting directors deliberately chose white actors to play ethnic roles rather than li- risk losing precious distribution in select portions of the U.S. And the best way to get ahead in your career was to assume the supine position and collect a fee when climax had been achieved. Crazy. Wait, that sounds really good. Mm-hmm. I saw the trailer like going around yesterday and like I- I'm excited to watch it. That looks crazy. I can't believe he's going into all that. Yeah. Like who the fuck would want to like put themselves in that makes you a target. Like there's so many conspiracy theories about like celebrities who mysteriously died like at weird times because they were like aware and talking about like the the corruption in Hollywood. And I just feel like if something happens to Ryan Murphy, like I'm drawing a line. Yeah, the show liberally mixes fictional characters with real-life legends. So I'm sure they'll go in and out of, like, you know, alluding to actual real people. But yeah, it's more so the story. That sounds really good. I wish it was out now. Hello, I need something to watch. I mean, May 1st is so soon in quarantine. Oh, oh that is really soon. Because yesterday oh, was oh. Theo's birthday. Did you smoke pie yesterday? I did not. Did you? No, I can't smoke pot. I've been thinking, though, like, in quarantine, like, now would be the time to take up pot as, like, a hobby because it's, like, relaxing, I guess. But I don't feel like it works like that for me. Like, I'm just paranoid. I feel like if I was ever to smoke pot, like, now would be a good, as good a time as any. I just don't have any, and I'm not interested <laughs> in acquiring some. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Did, did Theo smoke pot, though? Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, he said he was just going out for a walk with his friends, but he came back and his eyes were all puffy. But you know what? I didn't reprimand him because it's his birthday. Even though he is a little young, I figured, you know, the kids are going to do what the kids want. I'd rather him do it in the house. He's 21. Like he's an adult now. Can I just say like Amy, Amy Poehler saying, why do you want some? Because if you're going to drink, I'd rather you do it in the house was actually like a very smart motherly move. Like yeah, these know. The teenagers are going to drink regardless. Like, it's better that they're under Amy Poehler's nose where she can, like, see and control them. But they were, like, 15, and them thinking, like, knowing – first of all, they weren't interested in alcohol at all. So then them her giving it to them, it's like, oh, what's this? Um, and then them thinking that it's, like, semi-okay to be drinking alcohol at this age. Like, it's just a bad road to go down. That's definitely true. But, you know, when I have kids, if they're going to drink, I'd rather they do it in the house. Oh my God. I don't know about that. I mean, like, yeah, I guess that makes sense, but like, I I can't even think about it. Okay. Fifth. No, fifth and final. Fifth and final story is a little 
biz and sports news. What were you going to say? No, I was just going to say that like, you think 15 is like so young, but in the Outer Banks, the kids were 16 and they were like drinking and doing drugs. Yeah. But also when you're 15 and somebody tells you they love you, you're going to believe them. That is so true. And when you're 15, feeling like there's nothing to figure out, sometimes in life you'll go through through things greater than dating the boy on the football team. I didn't know it at 15. This microphone makes me feel like I'm in my house, like with my studio, like recording a single. Yeah, it's cool. It's pretty cool. Okay, our fifth and final story is A-Rod and J-Lo are retaining J.P. Morgan to raise money for a Mets bid. A-Rod and J-Lo are trying to buy a piece of the Mets. Yep, this is fabulous. So listen to the deets, because it's like not that simple. Retired baseball star A-Rod and his fiance, recording artist and actor J-Lo, have retained J.P. Morgan Chase to raise capital for a possible bid on the New York Mets, people familiar with the matter said. The superstar couple is working with managing director Eric Menel, the bank's co-head of North American Media Investment Banking, said the people who were granted anonymity because the matter is private. Um, none of them are responding to requests. Uh, the team is valued at $2.6 billion. JLo and A-Rod's combined net worth is $700 million. So they wouldn't be buying the whole team because uh, some of it just went up for sale, but they would ha- they're going to have to raise money to buy the team. So explain, like they raise money and then once they buy the team, the team starts generating wealth and then that wealth goes into JLo's pockets and the people who helped raise the money? I guess. I'm not entirely sure. I'm not really like, you know, so well versed on sports and the ownership, but isn't it kind of weird that A-Rod is like a famous Yankee and he would be trying to buy the Mets? Like, I know he doesn't have to try and buy the Yankees. They are the most expensive franchise in the country that I know from my husband, but like he could just buy like the Houston Astros. Like it's a little close to home. Yeah. Um, but I think one, they're New Yorkers and two, like it's, I don't think it's about that at a certain point. Also, um, it is an uncommon variety notes. It isn't uncommon for an athlete, entertainer, or celebrity to hold a limited position in a professional sports team. A-Rod's former teammate, Derek Jeter, for instance, is part owner of baseball's Miami Marlins. The team's managing partner is venture capitalist Bruce Sherman, while Jeter, who owns about 4% of the club, runs business and baseball operations. Jeter contributed about $25 million to the purchase of the team, which was sold for $1.2 billion. Okay, so that makes sense. So, like, you're paying for it, but then there's also, like, a little sweat equity involved because yeah, of course you can't – and, yes, and then you have, a, a like, a low stake. Well, then, like, honestly, J-Lo's sweat equity is worth so much. Like, she just needs to go to games. She's, I forgot. She's Jenny from the Bronx. Like, the Mets are so her. Their Mets are so her. She, like, they'll go to games. It'll be so fabulous. This is really what the Mets need. Like, they need a win. Yeah, like, and, like, I'm, they're the loser team, like, in New York, sadly. Like, they're, they sadly. are better than the Yankees, it's my understanding. But, like, the Yankees are, like, chic, and the Mets are, like, orange. Okay, I don't think they're better than the Yankees or else they would, like, win stuff. But I just feel like they have so much heart. I feel like there are so many New Yorkers, ourselves included. I am a Mets fan. Really? I feel like, yeah. I don't know. They just have, like, more heart and soul. I'm asking Ben who's better, the Yankees or the Mets in the last few years. Like, I'm pretty sure the Mets are better, but, like, nobody cares. 
No, but if they were better, people would care. If they were better, people. No, but like they are, they have like diehard fans. They're like the toast. Like they're kind of like 100%. Under the just they have diehard fans. That doesn't mean they're better than the Yankees. But I do think, like, I think, like, that's just what I remember hearing from Ben. We'll see. No, but, like, the Yankees are always – The Yankees are always in the World Series. And the Mets are nothing of the sort. I don't think that's true that the Yankees are always in the World Series. They're always in the World Series. When we were kids, there was, like, five years back-to-back where they were in the World Series, like, every year. But, like, it had – I'm talking about, like – Last year, they're always in the playoffs and stuff. It's like them and the Dodgers and the Justin Verlanders. Justin Verlanders are the Houstons. Yeah. And they cheated. They cheated. (laughs) They did cheat. I heard that also. Yeah. And they got their title taken away. That's like crazy. And nobody was talking about that. Yeah. That's mad embarrassing. (laughs) Mad embarrassing (laughs) for Kate Upton. Like this is a shame, a shit stain on her name. Honestly, no, it's not. Like, she still got to, like, storm the field when it mattered. Oh, that's so true. And then get married right after it in Tuscany. Like, that was the best month for her. Yeah, everything else is just semantics. If they want to take that trophy back now, it's fine. It was taking up space in her house. Yeah, like, she needs more space for her Swartz Illustrated Rookie Awards. Exactly. Important things. Should we dive into our TV recap segment where we recap the fabulous show Outer Banks? I have so many thoughts. Yes. Okay. So the show Outer Banks, if you're just listening and you have no interest in watching, it is about a group of teens. I would say it's a cross between the OC, Riverdale, and National Treasure. Yes, Claudia. Ben responded. He said the Yankees for sure. Are better. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to tell you. But I'm like sorry, there's just I was- something the Mets the Mets have more heart and personality and you just they, they're the underdogs and you want to root for them. And when they do win, it's gonna be like the biggest celebration this town has ever seen. Right, right. <laughs> okay. Outer Banks, OC, Riverdale, National Treasure. Um, this show just like popped up onto Netflix. Snitch was adamant that we watch it. She was so right. It's a group of like attractive teens, but it's like um, kind of like the last song where it's like they're all living on the same island, but then there are the people who are the second homers, and then there are the people who are the locals, and there's just like this rivalry. There was a lot of the rivalry that was really intense, and that was like really scary when Topper was like going to drown John B. Like, are you people murderers? Yeah, there was a little too much fighting for me. Um, and I get that there's this rivalry. Like, it's totally real. I know that whole vibe. Like, you know, quags versus pogs, whatever they were called. But, like, it was a lot. Like, with the guns and then, like, the drowning. It was the hitting oh, when Pope was trying to deliver groceries and they hit him with a golf club. Like, that was too much. And he should have sank their boat. Fuck them. Yeah. Fuck them. I just wish he hadn't gotten caught. They were so out of control. And, like, what the, all those – um kooks were such losers and followers like some of them were even saying like stop stop no like make your friends stop and by the way since when are these like loser golf players so strong that like john b works out on the farm he literally is just lifts all day and he gets his ass beat by some golf kid yeah there was a lot of speculation as to whether or not john b had lip fillers <laughs> i don't think so no, but I do have, like, a small casting problem, I really, really think. And I liked the show. I have a lot of actual problems with the show. But I think that the characters that were casted for um, John B. and JJ should have been swapped. No way. Yeah. Why? I honestly don't think John B. was, like, 
he was correctly cast. Why? Because you don't think he is attractive enough? What, what is it? I just think that JJ would have been a better John B. And then I have a whole oh. other problem with the name John B. I know. Like, why do we have to keep saying his initial? Like, are there so many Johns on the island? Right. At first, I'm like, who's the other John? Because we're obviously calling him John B. for a reason. And then they just kept calling him John B. And they were not even saying John B. It was John B. Like, I was so confused. I thought his name was C-H-O-N-B-Y for a second. John B. And then it's like they <laughs> never dropped the B. Like, even at the very end when Sarah's washed up on the boat, she's looking. She's like, John B. John B. It's like, if you were actually stranded, you would be like, John. <laughs> yeah, J. Like, B. You just get the letter out. Yeah, I agree with that. I completely disagree about JJ and John B being switch casting. I think John B was so good looking and interesting to look at. Like, just he had a thought that could carry a thoughty, you know? Like, I just, I thought he was great. Um, JJ's character was so annoying, like, so out of control, like, so wild and, and senseless. But then you got to look at his home life and you understood more about him. But it was just like when he's running around with this gun, like, putting everyone at risk, like, all the time. They have so much to lose. It just was really frustrating. Well, that's the other thing that I'm really glad you brought up because part of the reason why I really had a hard time watching the show and I wanted to watch it because I wanted to recap and everyone I know like loved it. And when you and Margot love something and the toasters love something, I mean, I love everything. Like I couldn't believe I wasn't really like pulled in by episode six, by episode, the end of episode five is when it got to a point where I decided I was going to finish it. But up until then it was really give or take. I found the episodes like so long and the scenes like so slow and I just found myself on my phone so much, which like I hate, but what I was going to say was, oh, my biggest problem with the show was that it was four protagonists making bad decisions. And that's really hard for me to watch. Like there were so many instances where they should have gone to the police. I know kids in TV shows like refuse to go to the police, but like the police in, in that town, the police weren't corrupt. Like that police woman who got shot, who was the real hero, like she was really trying to do the right thing. For sure. But her partner was corrupt. So what if they had accidentally went to him? I guess, but like, I don't know. It was just so frustrating. And then nobody, absolutely nobody in the group, they claimed that they were such good friends, like Pogues for Pogues, like what all that shit, but nobody respected Pope at all. They didn't respect the fact that he had something really big on the line. The whole summer they were dragging him into a life of crime, forcing him to start smoking weed and like getting in fights when he had a real future, a real future with the merit scholarship. It's a really big deal. Yes, I completely agree with that. I also felt like there was just way too many, like, chasing scenes where they were, like, running and being chased. Like, the whole show was just, like, them running out of trouble and, like, just getting away by the skin of their teeth. Um, and so I understood, like, sometimes it was frustrating, but overall I just, like, loved it. I loved the vibe. I loved all of the characters. I loved – I mean, I loved the friend group in general. I loved Kiara. Like, I thought she was everything of the sort and Pope because, like, he was smart. Um and then eventually I really did like Sarah and John B. And she just like kept doing everything right. And I can't believe that Deacon Claiborne, I mean, if you're this far into the recap, like we're about to spoil it. So spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, that Deacon Claiborne, who plays Ward Cameron, turned out to be the bad guy, like the worst guy. Yeah, I had thought what was going to happen because at first I thought the show was setting up like the whole season they were going to look for the treasure. And then at the end, like they found it or they didn't find it. So I thought that when they found out that the gold was going to be on Tammy Hill, whatever that property was called that Sarah's dad owned, I thought, because they said Sarah's dad used to be a pogue. So I thought 
that he became rich because he found the buried treasure but didn't tell anyone and like that's the money they've been living off of. So they were essentially searching in the right place but there was going to be nothing there. But then it turns out he really made his money and then he was like still hunting for treasure and he was like living this life of crime. But what I did like about the show is that there was a twist. Like the whole season wasn't like, are they going to find it? Are they not going to find it? They found it on episode like five or six, but then there was the politics around like excavating it and all that stuff. Yes, I would agree with that, that there was a twist. And then it kind of becomes like a whole different show. Like when there's that manhunt on the island, like that was so frustrating that like all anyone had to do was any time they saw a police officer say that it was Rafe. Like the only one person heard it once, like scream it from the rooftop. That was so frustrating. And that scene on the tarmac when we finally think justice is about to be served and then it drags out for like three more episodes of the most injustice ever was very frustrating. When Rafe comes and shoots that good cop, like I, my heart sank. I fucking hate him. Dangerous. He's he's so insane. Like, and I can't believe, and I feel like Ward, even though he obviously got greedy and like went nuts, um, for a while you could like make the argument that like he wasn't, he's not that bad of a guy. Like he accidentally killed John B's dad. Then he didn't know what to do. And he was really fucking stupid, but none of that was like evil yet. Until he goes to, like, try and kill John B. And then allows his son to um, murder a cop. But, like, he could have turned his son in. That son was a worthless piece of shit. Ward didn't even like him anyway. That son is just, like, so dumb and dangerous and also powerful. Like, when he's riding around town with that drug dealer who I can't stand. Like, I just had such a pit. Like, to me, it's worse for them to have found John B. than it would be for the police. Yeah, but also when the drug dealer eventually knows that Rafe killed the cop and he's like, I own you forever. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Messing up. Drug- <laughs> yeah. But like, honestly, I feel like they casted the the rich dad, Cameron Ward, really, really well because at first, like, he was like this like wholesome Southern guy and he was like taking care of everyone after the storm and like looking for Scooter. Like, he seemed like this really good guy and I really didn't think up for like a few episodes that he was at all involved. Yeah, me too. But I think it's also because he played Deacon Claiborne in Nashville. And also in Jesse, he's the dad. Like, you don't think this Disney dad is gonna be, like, stealing treasure? Yeah. I, I, genu- I generally, like, think shows about finding treasure are stupid. This one is an exception. Um, and I also just love, like, learning about a new place and, like, the new culture. Like, like the new... Um, like, I never heard of Outer Banks. Like, I don't know about the Pogues and the Cogues. Like, I just like learning about oh, a new... you never heard of Outer... You never heard of Outer Banks? I guess because I went to Colgate. It's like a very Colgate-y place. Um, also, I was reading in the toasters that apparently it wasn't filmed on the actual island of Outer Banks. And, I'm, and like, to me, it's like water, marsh looks. And the scene, if you read the book where the crawdad's saying, I don't know if I'm the only one, but um, the, scene, uh, the scenery is kind of similar to what I imagined in where the crawdad's saying, which is a really popular book right now. The so scenery just reminded me. The scenery reminded me of any Nicholas Sparks book I've ever, I mean, movie that I've ever seen. (laughs) Um, Yeah. No, it was really beautifully done. Um, I loved the cast. I thought they were all such good actors and did such a good job. And I was just like so grateful to have a season of that. And I have to thank Snitch. Yeah. and, And Netflix for delivering some content in lieu of season two of The Society. Like, I guess this will do. Yeah. Season two of The Society isn't isn't happening anytime before quarantine's over because it's not done filming. Awful. Did you watch anything else last night? Um, I started a Hallmark movie and I just like, I started this book that I told you called Educated that um, is really like deep. And I, and then I went to Hallmark and I was like, what am I doing? Like, it was just, 
it was so stupid. I couldn't even, and I actually found this Hallmark movie that was like beautiful farm chemin camp. It was like a movie about this like glamping grounds and like they would show the vistas and like, oh my God, just like a wave of relief would wash over me. And then they would like go to the dialogue and I was like, I I absolutely can't do this. I feel like those are your two personalities, like dumb Hallmark and like serious intellect literature. I know, but it was just like, I couldn't, like I've been spending too much time in the serious intellect literature that I legit couldn't watch this Hallmark movie. Or maybe it just like, it didn't have that, that big love there that I needed. Maybe. Um, well, I didn't watch anything else. I'm planning on watching Too Hot to Handle, which is the new Netflix dating show. Like, I, I think it's supposed to be the next Love is Blind. People are talking about it, and I have nothing else to do. So when I film my vlog today, I have a lot of stuff to do, and then I'm going to end up probably watching that at night. Okay, maybe I'll watch that. That I actually got the trailer for it, and looks like something I would watch. Yeah, like dumb TV, which is all, all we can really ask for right now. Totally. Oh, and there was a new episode of Songland last night that I didn't watch, but I have it on my Hulu. Uh, so excited. I'm definitely going to watch that today, but I'm going to watch it with husband. So we have to sync up our schedules. Oh, that's nice. I'll wait for my husband too. Okay, cool. Well, I think that's all she wrote. I do believe that is she, all that she wrote. Like I spoke to her and she said, yeah, I'm done writing. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for listening to the morning toast, the millennial morning show where we go live Monday through Friday, 1030 AM Eastern time on YouTube. So if you're watching us on YouTube, please subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. We're also available as a podcast anywhere podcasts can be found. So that's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, iHeartRadio, CastBox, all the places. Wherever you listen to podcasts, find us, The Morning Toast, and leave a five-star review about how beautiful, stunning, and smart we are. Please also follow us on Instagram at The Morning Toast for premium content. We hope you have a wonderful day. We'll be recapping Vanderpump Rules tomorrow and doing our Dear Toaster segment. So please email us, deartoasters at gmail.com. If you're looking for any advice, we always keep it anonymous. Have an amazing day and we will see you tomorrow morning. Bye.